You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No Doubt About It. Now your hosts, Christy and Mark Runkey. Yeah, a little different now, huh? Me? No. Oh. The song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the song. Sorry, I thought you were talking about me because I... We were expecting Heidi Klum to show up again, remember? Well, that's true. If you remember back to the last episode, uh, Christy could not be on camera, mm-hmm. Darren, because she had a, a vampire facial. No, I had a laser treatment. Right, laser treatment. And um, so we had to sit her out, but she was still on the mic. Yeah, and he, yeah. And he was anticipating I'd return as Heidi Klum. That yeah. was the anticipation. I was not, you said that, not me. <laughs> Yeah, but I was just hoping. I'm just Christy though. I'm just back. I'm Christy. I hopefully have a little less sun damage. That's the whole. Oh goal, no, right? you look yeah. great. You yeah. look great, and we're welcoming Darren Good White. Good answer, Mark. Yeah, thank you, thank very, you. Uh, very safe. Darren White joining us for a variety I'm just of reasons. Back yeah, over. as you should. Trust me, it's going to get ugly. Uh, we're going to talk to Darren about all kinds of different stuff, but uh, we'll start off with with some of this Medina stuff that will not go away. No. And, and I wanted to bring Darren in to talk about sort of. The, the right way to handle something like this, you've been in law enforcement for so long, you understand take-home vehicles, you understand who belongs in them, who doesn't, how you handle a situation that spins out of control very quickly. So we'll get into all that stuff. It's not okay. going to take up the whole show. We'll spend about 10, 15 minutes on it, and then we got a bunch of other stuff we want to get to with you. And, sure. and so we'll, we'll get to all that stuff. But it is great to have you back. Jen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I missed you terribly. No, no. So, There's yeah. no doubt. I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, okay, let's start off with a couple of comments, because we got a lot of comments on this last episode. Right. Obviously, Chief Medina making the headlines for us uh, pretty easy today. Right. So the first comment is, so he, meaning Medina, sees a crime, bravely flees in panic, blows a red light and hammers a car, then lies about it. What would happen to a newly hired police officer if the same thing happened to him is the end of that. Uh, The next comment comes in. um, How does he get a pass for driving recklessly in a situation where he was not on official duty, which I believe he actually was, but... Did not use any lights or sirens to warn other drivers. He was in he was in a truck that was um, unmarked. Unmarked. Thank yeah. you. I kind of blanked there. Um, and then clearly runs a red light in an intersection and causes harm to another driver. Uh, the third one here I had to bring up because it had two things from last week's story yeah. or last uh, episode's stories. Yeah. First of all, they think they should fire the police chief. I don't think you're alone. We got a lot of those comments, honestly. Yeah. That that filled our uh, filled our comment section. Right. Was the firing and um, and we'll talk about what what what. Is realistic. Steps might be next here. But here, yeah. I had to respond to this one because C. Green, she says, or he says, I agree with Mark on Nikki Haley. I yeah. think she's here to stay and she has a good chance if she can raise the money. Yeah. And I do agree 40% of the Republicans are not too fond of Trump, but would rather have him than Biden. Hey, okay, just yeah. so we're clear here, C. Green, yeah. that was me oh. who said this about Nikki Haley actually three weeks ago. I brought it on home again. I don't think she's done. I think she continues to get money. I think last night we researched she got $17 million in her pocket or something like that so far. I'm the one that said as long as she's got money, she's not going anyway. So I know you got the credit there, Mark, because you finally came on team of reality of just knowing that the woman, she continues to lose against Trump in these primaries. But I don't think she's going anywhere anytime soon. That was my whole point. But but if you watched her... Announcements. It's not the victory announcement. No, right? but you right. would think it was. Oh, I know. Yeah. Every one of the speeches she gives on primary night, you're almost sure. You're like, you? oh my god, did she win? Or did she win? Win? Hold on, let me tell you. Look at the back. numbers. The best, my favorite one though is actually the Iowa one when she really does act like she won, and I, yeah. you know, it was just like, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Even to see, I just didn't do that one. But no, and, anyway. and we'll talk about what she may actually be doing. Yeah, as part I, of she, yeah. And, she's and, not going and, anywhere. And there is a way for her to be devastating to Trump, but it is not in the Republican primary and and we'll get to that uh in just a little bit so but yeah c green thanks very much for the credit i appreciate you uh <laughs> giving that words too no what i've said about haley is that i thought she would bail when she ran out of money obviously she she has continued to raise some money and we'll talk about that too the interesting thing about south carolina is how much more money she spent than trump so you can talk about the 40 percent, which is a big number actually when you're when you're running against a quasi-incumbent but when you outspend your opponent 10 to 1 well, well, you're dang right. You should have some good numbers. I mean, so we'll we'll get into all that and see where it goes. But let's start with the Chief Medina situation. It, sure. it just will not go anywhere, Darren. And and you've been talking about it on KKOB. We've talked a little bit about this. 
this fallout continues to this. So let's let's start with a broader uh, look at where we are. For those of you who aren't aware of the story, just real quickly, a couple Saturdays ago, chief of police is heading to a press conference with his wife in, in a in his in an unmarked unit. Um, a city unit, and he's, he goes by a sidewalk where he sees what he thinks is a, a homeless encampment. And so he starts to pull in and, and check it out. I, I don't know whether he gets out of his car, whether he doesn't get out of his car. That's still, that's up in the air. Okay, that's up in the air. So he, he goes up to whatever this is, and all of a sudden, two people uh, start to have a, a disagreement of some sort. Yeah. One of them pulls out a gun and starts firing, at least a, shot, a round or two, right? Yeah. And so then Chief Medina, some way or another, ends up back in his car, whether he was never left or, or whether he jumped back in with his wife in there, takes off blindly across an intersection, uh, barely avoids being T-boned himself. And then he T-bones a Mustang, uh, seriously injuring someone in that Mustang who is still in the hospital right now. Is that a fair assessment of where we are? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think blindly is something that you need to pay attention to. When Chief Medina is sitting, he is facing southbound. Yeah. And on, we're looking, by the way, for those of you yeah. watching this, and Abel, we'll go back and show this again. What, what Darren's describing right now is what the chief did. So Abe, just slide the video back again, and, and we'll go through it one more time here. And, and Darren, this is kind of what you're describing. For those of you who are yeah. who are listening, basically, we got Medina on the left side of the screen and just goes bombing into the intersection and then goes yeah. and T-bones the Mustang. So one of the first things you, he said, as Christy pointed out, he said in his statement that um, one of the first things I, I listened to and I keyed on, he said that, you know, he saw the gun, then they heard the shot. He paused for a second. And then he said, I hit the radio. Right. What does that mean? Now, you got to remember in the press conference, Gilbert Gallego said he turned his radio on. Right. Question I have, you're the chief of police. You're patrolling the war zone looking for probably these encampments because within an hour right. you have a press conference with the mayor and right. you know, and chief Medina's out there doing his damnedest to make sure the mayor isn't going to see an encampment and go, Harold, what is this? I told you to clean these up. So he's out there doing a little prep before the press conference right. spots. One doesn't have his radio on. Yeah. How are you? The chief of police driving in a, your marked unit on duty. Yep. That's a, policy violation. What if two blocks down, one of your officers is involved in a shooting? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't know about it and you don't know about it <laughs> and you're driving around and you kind of, well, what's going on? Right. Oh, I was in a shooting chief. You didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Man. And so the other part of it is he, I think in a panic, yeah. he floors it. Right. But first of all, he cuts off a vehicle that is westbound. Oh, that that he is cuts the, off a vehicle so, westbound. That, so we'll, inter, yeah. that intersection is not. So clear. Ava, just pause the video right here. Can you pause it? Okay. So if you pause it right there, uh, in the center of your screen, you're seeing the two people that are that are arguing on the sidewalk. Yeah, that's who that is. That's what's going on there. Yep. And then you see Medina come flying right out of the yep. road behind them into the intersection, and and that's what creates and the that issue. dark colored vehicle. Yep. Slams on its brake to avoid broadsiding the chief. Right. And then he floors it. Yeah. Absolutely bolts across. Now, let's remember, we're talking about Alvarado and Central, probably one of the busiest roads in the state of New Mexico. Yeah. And you're a police officer. You have a duty and responsibility to operate that vehicle in a safe manner. And so as the chief of police and, and Mark, Christy, this is where the investigation should be. The investigation right now, there are other aspects of policy violations. Absolutely. He doesn't have his radio on. There's a question about whether he didn't have his body cam on. Right. Um, the question about his wife being in the car. There's city policy that says, yeah, yeah, oh, to and from work. You know, not just out patrolling, you know, trying to make sure you you don't get the mayor mad at you. Right. Uh, this needs to be looked at. There needs to be a review of this accident. The Albuquerque police officers who did the actual crime, the the, the scene, the, yeah. the crash scene, I have no no problems with that. I'm sure it's very, very well done. Uh, I'm sure the traffic unit was burning. I remember the man, the man was in critical condition at the time. Right. I don't know if he's going to live. And so I'm sure it's a very thorough investigation, but it should be sent to the DA, the AG, or somebody outside of the police department to see if the chief should be cited criminally. Uh, whether there should be a citation issued for his actions. 
Uh, this is the the man almost killed somebody, right? And then the audacity of the mayor only an hour later coming out and basically saying, "What a uh, he, we owe such a debt of gratitude to, to Chief Medina." I, I swear to God, if he had the Medal of Valor in his car, he would have run down and put the ribbon around his head and held his hand up. And he almost killed a man in a, the most reckless conduct I've seen. And remember, there are cases, APD officers, uh, they're all different. We all remember the one at Paseo uh, and Eagle Ranch. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yes. Yep. Off-duty officer. Um you know, clearly flying. It's he, and then struck that young lady and killed her. There was also Juan Tabo, which is, it's a little bit similar in the sense that this officer is running to a priority one call. He is running lights and siren, but he's going 40 miles an hour over the speed limit. A van pulls out, he strikes the van and, and that little boy was killed. Um, he obviously was fired. The city paid, I think $8 million. The, the, the question wasn't that the officer was wrong for running code. The question is, you can't just blindly right. run through an intersection. 40 miles, miles yeah. Right, right. Same thing here. Why did you think you could just bolt across this intersection? Now, the blindly part of it is, I think, it's my opinion, only my opinion. I think he was trying to turn his radio on. I think he realized he screwed up that he's just driving around talking to his wife, having a great time right. and didn't have his police radio on. And he knows that he is required to have that police radio. Yeah, so on. talk about that because a lot of people don't realize what a big deal that really is. Yeah. I, again, you could have, you're driving around and the way the, 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 the policy reads is whatever uh, district that you're in, you're supposed to have your radio tuned to that channel. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Oh, I don't know. In case somebody gets shot and killed or a police or, officer is or involved. Or in case two guys end up with an argument on a sidewalk yeah. and one pulls a gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. And that's why it's there. Right. And so because you as a police officer are required to respond. And uh, the other part about him fleeing, I get that. I, I mean, if the wife is in the car or not, you, you, you're a law enforcement officer. You're saying you watch these two guys get into a fight. Somebody pulls a gun and you heard a shot go off and your response as the chief was, I will floor it across this. Where was he going to stop? Yeah. Well, it did. Yeah. If he hadn't, that's another thing I wonder too, by the angle of the way he was driving, had he not hit the Mustang, he, he looked like he was headed off the road. And you can see in the video again, that Mustang is clearly visible. Yeah. Now he says, well, I thought I was going to miss it. How in the hell did you think you were going to miss it? It was right in front of you, and you took your foot and put it as hard as you could into that accelerator and slammed into it broadside. Yeah. And so, as I said, I this warrants an independent investigation to see if the chief violated any crim traffic statutes. Yeah. We have a man that's probably, from what, again, what I've heard, what people have told me, he is going to be dealing with... Uh, injuries that he will have for the rest of his life. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, and I think, again, my issue, too, on, on top of all of that, his panic, the way he handled the situation, was the aftermath. Oh, yeah. When you have Gallegos going up there and saying, you know, shots were fired, he pulled through an intersection, he paused briefly and pulled through an intersection. That was the first statement they came up with. Mm -hmm. I, no, and he, I, he spoke before he saw video. Right. Clearly. Absolutely. He got ahead of his skis, which, again, which he is, never should have done. He never should have done that. I no. just think they should have slowed that process down and figured this out because then you have the, the police chief coming on there and saying all kinds of things like, you know, I knew the intersection was clear. Again, he doesn't know there's video out there. I don't know how you don't know there's video out there, but obviously there is. And I just think they haven't handled the aftermath. And, and the props from the mayor are ridiculous. Exactly. Because I can tell you what, what's infuriating is that if you're a police officer and, you know, again, this is a press conference and everybody's gathering. So they're all there at the scene. If you're a police officer and this happened, uh, I first of all, the mayor would not have shown up. Uh, and the mayor sure as hell wouldn't have shown up with his medal of valor uh, right. to, to put it around his head and, and make comments like, you know, we all owe a debt of gratitude to the chief. I'm sure the guy inside the Mustang doesn't really feel like he owes a debt of gratitude right. to the chief after he watched that video. Right. Let me remember also, remember the video when you see after this is a big four by four yeah. extended cab pickup truck, probably five, 6,000 pounds. Yep. 
he ripped off the real axle. Yeah. He hit that vehicle so hard. Yeah. The rear axle is actually on his own off, truck. Yeah. On his own truck. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I mean, how fast was he going? That'll be determined. Yeah. They'll, they'll have an, and obviously there's computer equipment uh, that they can do. But again, this is just, it's disgusting. Yeah. That the mayor, but Ken, we can almost also, why does he always do this? I mean, he just always feels compelled to get behind the chief and, yeah, and but, try to prop him up. But this wasn't the place to do well, it. Well, no, it wasn't. And Darren, this is where, our argument is always for these guys, it's politics first. Yes. It's always politics first. It's always politics first with the mayor and with the chief of police. And because of that, it's CYA 24 seven. And it makes you look like you're completely out of touch. It makes you look incompetent. And it, it basically erodes the faith we have in the Albuquerque police department when the police haven't done anything to deserve that. And look what Keller does. He's such a fraud. Look what he does the next day after the video is released. Channel 13 asks, can we get your comments after seeing the video? I haven't watched it yet. Because he's so political. He's he wanted so to calculating. Be able to say that. He wanted to be able to say, I'd really like to comment on but this. But I haven't right seen now, it. But I haven't seen it. And, and it wasn't other than, it wasn't because, come on, how long does it take to watch it? Yeah, 10 he seconds. He got together with Gilbert and the rest of his political crew, and I think made a conscious calculated decision okay. not to watch it because he knew the next time, which was the next day, he was going to be able to say, you know, I'd really like to comment on this, but you know, I have to and, remove myself from the yeah. situation. Yeah. So, so politically, where do you think we go from here? How tenable, how long can he hold on to his position? Or do you, or do you think maybe he survives this? So the last approval rating Keller was at 33%. And I can't think with everything that's happening, you know, the DWI scandal, the crime rates, now this, uh, it would be hard to imagine that it's any better. Uh, at some point, because we all know Keller is a political beast. He is very, he's ambitious. He doesn't want to stop at the mayor's office. At some point, he's going to weigh uh, how much can I, can I handle this baggage? Now, we all remember um, when he fired Geyer, uh, Chief Geyer. He, this is, I, I know this is great. I got out of a movie. He calls Geyer and tells him, hey, we want you to meet in a park in the Northeast Heights. And when he shows up, Keller was wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses. And so our joke is, you know, probably down the road here, not too long. Medina's going to get the call to, hey, uh, hey, you need to meet the chief yeah. in the park. And he'll be the guy with a hat and the right, sunglasses. Right, yeah. right. You'll Very sit professional. On because they will have, again, calculated that Medina is too much baggage. And he has to go. And you see that happening. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. At some point. Right now, he's not going to do it because idiots like me are saying, you yeah. know, this guy needs to go. Right. Uh, he's a miserable failure. Uh, the city deserves better. And so he, he doesn't want to be seen as a appeasing people to us who they uh, who have we have been dubbed now the detractors. Right. Oh, geez. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I, but but again, wow. eventually. If for his own political backside, he'll have to do it. Right. And then and then looking more broadly at, at where Keller is in, in re-election terms, uh, I, the thing about Keller is, and, and I think that people don't realize, jobs beget other jobs in many cases, right? Right. And so you're, you're in the House and you want to go to the Senate and whatever. We've seen that a bunch of different times. You saw it in your race for the House with, with Heinrich, then he works his way up to Senate. I saw it with Ben Ray, right? Yep. Th that happens. Okay. The, the problem with Keller is, and the problem he has is he's in a dead end job. He, right. that job can't go anywhere. So where's he going to go? Like what, 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 what's he, what's he going to run for? Even popular mayors, right? Even to, popular uh, yeah. mayors have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless I, I would argue a popular Republican mayor could change that, but, but a popular Democrat mayor can't because mm. the line's already Dick, I mean, yeah. where are you going to go? You run for Senate? Yeah. Let's say Heinrich runs for governor and you're going to run for Senate. No, you're not. Yeah. You're not going to jump ahead of a line of four or five other Democrats that want yeah. that job. He's got nowhere to go. The question is, does he get picked off by, by either a Republican or another Democrat in the race for mayor? Yeah. Or does he take a position somewhere in the Biden administration? Interesting. Uh, and, and and sees that as like a soft landing. Right. You know? Right. Uh, I don't know. As I said, I we we often said that about MLG as well, that, you know, she's, you know, does she have the desire maybe to move on to, I don't know. But, <laughs> but my yeah. sense is you're right. I, I don't see a path to, for him. 
And so uh, the dogs clearly agree with me. So no, let's, yeah, let's I'm scout. Sorry. Let's never scout agrees with you. Kiss your hands. Go crazy. I'm I don't so know, sorry. I don't know a lot of fans anymore, so I'm going to yeah. take that. No, no, no. Okay. I, as you no, should. As but, you should. But the, yeah, I agree with you, Mark. It's it's going to be real difficult for him. Uh, Marty Chavez was incredibly popular in 1998 when he ran uh, against Gary Johnson, and he lost by ten points. Right. Nine. Or, yeah. Yeah. And so, and this is a guy that's very unpopular, and who has nothing to. You're gonna. What are you gonna run on this? mess that he's yeah the 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 decline in our state or in our city excuse me in the past six years is staggering it is it's absolutely staggering i just think that he continues to funnel out uh like gaslighting like talks about how we're doing well and the jobs that they're promoting and just all this garbage and i'm like how does this really still work is the gaslighting still working no i don't i don't think it does on on the ground here and i and i think that the popularity numbers show you that i think yeah. the 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 crime numbers the homeless numbers the the fact that you see you drive around the city and it just given the spot that the state of new mexico is in I, I think, especially funding wise, state wise, to see what's happened to the city of Albuquerque and how it's just collapsing is it's sad. Uh, yeah. It, it's like asking people, hey, don't believe your eyes. Don't believe your eyes. Believe me. Yeah. I, I don't think you can do but, at a certain point. I'm thinking, no, okay, I, but, but to it, a point, like, to the point of like, we know how tough the city is to win a Republican to win in this city. Yeah, do you I don't think, think you'll necessarily so get a Republican. Gonna, that no, wins. I don't just get a Republican or someone who's not Tim Keller will win. Yeah. The question is, is there enough blood in the water right now with Keller that he's going to get a Democrat challenger that's going to eviscerate him? Now, the question is, if it, the way it all works is, could you look at a crazy three way race where, where then could you get a Republican mayor out of it? Maybe you could. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. But I the way they usually work, I would have to say there'd be there'd be a sit down between Keller and some Democrat, whoever that could be. And, and all of a sudden, Tim Keller would go spend more time with his family. I absolutely agree. <laughs> well, I, I would I, love for that to happen, quite I, frankly. And, and it'll be interesting to see the, you know, the next numbers that come out, um, because, again, he's, you know, November's he's. Kind of already there, right? He's in that. He's got to be prepping for his election, and yeah. so after November, if he's still just in this free fall, you know, he probably will make it to. He's not going to run and put himself out there because then he'll try to rehabilitate himself yeah. and come back as another better version of Kim Ta- Tim. Uh, Kim, did I really call him Kim Teller? <laughs> yeah, Kim Teller. <laughs> either way, um, he should probably go with that. I, I call him just switch. I just switch his name up. Yeah. <laughs> I call him Crime Crime Wave Keller, but um, right. Well, no, it, it's he's the metal mayor, Darren. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> oh. Well, no, he's and, cool. And he's, and you know, but you he's saw a him. damn handsome man. Well, <laughs> hey, look, and actually talking to him, nice guy. But yeah. the, the problem, too, is that he tries to get elbow room from bad policy. Like he went after MLG on the gun thing. Like he started to try to create that sort of. You know, get some elbow room because you can tell within the party there is dic- discontent. There has to be. And I'll tell you, I, I, I can tell you there are a lot of Democrats in this state that are very upset with Tim. Yeah. I, I, because he is, again, you don't want, you know, the, the party, the Republican, the Democrat party is incredibly strong and they have a grip on the state of New Mexico right now. They do. And they don't want somebody like Tim Keller, the biggest city in the state to destroy that. And so, yeah, they're, they're very upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Well. Interesting. Okay. So I want to get to the legislature a little bit. Uh, reading through the journal this morning, which was tough to do. I'll be honest with you. If you're not reading the the lead editorial in the journal, it's a tough paper to read now. But I, I just don't read it. I, I just it is I it don't. is rough. But I, I want to get to um, a couple things. Uh, first of all, and this gets back to crime and, and kind of your you know your lane here. Here's here's the headline uh, from some state legislators who want us all to believe they're doing a great job addressing crime, which of course. They killed most of the good bills that keep New Mexicans safer in this past legislature. Yeah, always mm-hmm. do. Okay, so here's a look at it. Here's a look at the story. It says 2024 legislative session was a true public safety success. Boo. Okay. Now, just listen to some of these poll quotes. Who wrote and, that? Uh, oh, it is uh, a bunch of the legislators. Oh, it's a series yeah, of legislators. Yeah, they got together and patted themselves yeah, on the back. State reps. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of different state reps. Andrea Romero, Angelica Rubio. Uh, Liz Thompson, you know, some of the real stalwarts and keeping New Mexicans safe. So let me let me just read you a few of these quotes. They were staggering to me. Unfortunately, for decades, too many lawmakers have measured the success of the session's investment in public safety by the number of bills they pass 
that will put more people behind bars. The 2024 session made historic inroads in all major areas that tackle the root causes of crime, poverty, behavioral health, education, and trauma. Really? Yeah. And then it doesn't end there. So the next quote, okay? And, and this is, you know, look, this is a rare day. Uh, they took a little bit of a shot. They took a shot at the governor, and and we happen to agree with uh, Wait, a little bit really? of the governor's. A it's little minor. It's a minor. A shot minor shot. So take a look here. Yet Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham and many of our Republican colleagues have voiced their disappointment that we didn't accomplish more on public safety. We have a different opinion. By investing in health, well-being, and the success of New Mexico families and resisting notoriously failed policies, lawmakers made momentous progress in fostering lasting public safety. I mean, give me a break. New Mexico families. New Mexico families. We're, you need to be fighting against the criminals. Like, I just think this is so, like— out of touch when they even come back with this kind of comment. But what what are the failed policies? Yeah, right. Oh, putting people behind bars? bars? That doesn't work. No. No, it's a matter. I'm glad you guys mentioned that. And they also say, they say this, for decades of research has shown us that we can't arrest our way out of homelessness, addiction, mental illness, and poverty. No, you can't, but you can arrest your way out of crime. Uh, You can do that. If you put people that behind the, Belong behind bars, behind bars, and keep them that there. That'll actually do it. You know, there's it's, it's there's that old saying: you don't have crime control until you have criminal control. Yeah. Wow, what a theory. Uh, in, in this, know, but in this, this but quote, this is a legislature that has done this for decades. I was up there uh, when they passed the historic three strikes you're out bill. Yeah. You commit three violent crimes in New Mexico, you're going to go to jail for a very, very long time. Not life, but with 30 years. Uh, so when that passed, uh, I remember it was it was Maloof that passed it yeah. because he was going to run against Heather. So yeah. it was all a setup, and he was yeah. going to be able to run campaign commercials. The legendary it. Phil Maloof. Yeah, right. yeah. How many people has that applied to in 30-some years? I'm not sure there's been anyone. Not a single person. Yeah. yeah. Because it was long on the, the political mileage that they got out of it. It was on everybody's literature. I helped put but it's applied to nobody because the strike zone is so narrow. Noel and Ryan couldn't hit it. Well, and we, and that was one of the things we ran on was expanding the three strikes yes. so that you actually make it mean something. But I'll tell you what would have been world war three had we won, which would, would it would have been getting through tough policy on crime through this legislature. I think we could have done it because yeah. you'd have had the bully pulpit to be able to say, we're going to set the agenda and you're not going to be able to score them away from this. But if you listen to these quotes in these stories, it's so very clear that these people, these legislators, especially on the far left have no interest at all in keeping people safe. When you sit there and talk about mental health, when you know you have people that are hardened criminals constantly getting out of jail, making people and targeting the most vulnerable people in the state. That's what kills me is the most low income vulnerable people in the state are the most at risk because you have a legislature that doesn't have the guts to protect them. And this article shows that loud and clear. Yeah. And, and nothing's going to change. Nothing is going to change. Not till you I start, mean, the, not till we start voting these people out on the state legislature yeah. side. And I know that that's a pipe dream, as many people say. Well, the, one, the, the one that I loved is that we, you know, they increased the penalty for second degree murder from 15 years to 18 years. And when, wow. and when they went through uh, all of these murders that were being, com- uh, that have been committed, they found out that most of them, huh, they're plea bargaining from first degree murder down to second degree right. murder. And a lot of judges want to give them a little bit of credit. And so you probably have people serving less than 10 years for, for what is a first degree murder. Yeah. And that is the reason why over the years we had, we have people like Gerald Archuleta that was a notorious gang member who had committed three separate homicides and was still on the streets. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's that insane. And, and we talk about, you know, getting tough. These are the people we want to target. Look, I'm one of those people that believe that we should be, I don't think drug addiction, a, a jail cell is going to shake that addiction. Right. I right. think we need to make treatment available for Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Get them so that they can free themselves from it. But I'm telling you, when you go out there and you hurt somebody, yeah. that person needs to be punished. And recognize if they are in prison, it's probably their fifth, sixth, seventh time. Because for the, the first five times, you know, maybe they went to county yeah. jail for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But no, it, 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 it's it's 
Oh, wow. Can you imagine New Mexico has been in the top five states, most violent states for over three decades? No. Hard to believe, huh? Yeah. But, but but we've got an editorial that tells us, oh, oh yeah. we figured that out. We yeah, got that yeah. Don't worry control. about it. We're going to take care yeah. of this. And we're going we're gonna to take care. What they do is they hide the ball, though, too. When she goes, notice how they turn it, right? They you, We're talking about crime. And then they're, they're talking about drug addiction, mental health. And they, look, a lot of, in many cases, these things can cross. But in what they're talking about, they will not. Once you get to violent crime, you're done. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. That's the line. Yeah. And so th there's a bright light, white line between the two. We're not talking about somebody with a dime bag of pot in their in their pocket anymore. That's not the issue right. anymore. Yeah. Right. So I agree it just so you see that. And it was infuriating. Right. So I read this article and I'm like, I can't believe this. But right? what are they going to say, Mark? Well, no, well, maybe, what are they, they going to be? Able, no, no, what they no, what they say? No, they have a they have a machine when it comes oh, yeah. to a communication machine. Don't. Exactly, and, so and, and by we you mean the rest of New Mexico, yeah. not these people that are in the legislature. They don't represent most of us, and, and I, I don't care what party you're and from. I'm, and I'm sorry if I upset anybody, but that is the reason why I tell people all the time on the radio: the Republican Party of New Mexico is irrelevant. And unless it makes a wholesale decision to change everybody who's over there and start focusing on the things that matter and messaging with the things that matter, uh, you know, I, 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 we're going to talk a little bit about this, but, you know, I, I'll give a great example of how effective the party was 30 years ago on something that just happened again here in New Mexico. But it, it our party is just bad. I, I agree. But now my, my thought is is I'm not, you can't rely on the Republican Party to do that. No. You have to rely on certain other groups that have an interest in doing it, and then they've got to go out and do it. For example, yes. energy, right? Yep. We talk about energy. Mimi Stewart <clears throat> writes a, a, an article on energy today in the Albuquerque Journal. Mm -hmm. and, and Chris, you can quote some of this, but but one of the things you know she talks about in this whole thing is the clean fuel standard that the governor just signed. Mm -hmm. Okay? It looks like in all reality now, what we're going to see here is if you look at the numbers that have played out in every other state that's done this, we're looking at at least probably a 50 cent per gallon Tax. increase in your fuel costs. And she's touting this as all these new jobs and everything else. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. But it, but it's absolutely, it is this machine of communication that gets out there. And who speaks for the low-income family that's barely making it to the end of the month, mm -hmm. who now has to try to fill up their truck, which they use to run their small business and, and can barely make ends meet. This just keeps going. Why do we do it? Is it going to make any difference? No, of course it's not going to make any difference. But no one calls them out on it. And the, and the yeah, machine the, keeps the, rolling. The party of the little people? Well, who buys gas? Yeah. And, and it's who's the most less likely tax. to afford yep. an additional 50 cent? You know, and it, the thing that's just so, so outrageous about this, obviously, that we had so much surplus. Right. It was just incredible. Yeah. But but in, in a state like New Mexico, where we are, we have plenty of oil, mm -hmm. a plenty of oil. We should be, and I just drove from New York to New Mexico last week, and I went through every single state. I know what everybody charges for gas. And it was, it was upsetting because you're like, wow, you know, it, it, it's so different in every state. You, but then you realize, oh, wait, no, that's the taxes. Yep. Yeah. The states that's that right. you're driving through, because you go, why is that 25 cents more? And you go, oh, that's right. Yeah. They've got taxes. Now you've got Oklahoma. And I was so grateful to get to Oklahoma. And it was so <laughs> cool to be in gas the country. I was like, oh, my yeah. God, thank God. Yep. But then now we're going to slap the people of New Mexico with 50 cents more a gallon. Yep, for gasoline. Yep. You have the fattest state budget and you don't give any money back to our taxpayers. I told you instead. this. I told right. you. I told, yeah. I told Mark before we got, we went uh, on the air here. 30 years ago, 30 years ago, Bruce King is governor. We had a surplus. It wasn't a giant surplus, but it was a surplus. And they came up with a decision because they wanted to do road stuff that they would pass, get ready for this, a six cent a gallon gas tax. There was a young Republican uh, by the name of Dan Hill, and he was a firebrand, and he took on the six-cent gas tax all by himself and made it a statewide campaign. The stickers were everywhere. Yeah. People were talking about it. They even went so far as they, they said they wanted—the governor 
because then there was a major pushback. Yeah, remember, there's an election. Governor right. King's running for re-election. Right. There's a major pushback. And then there was people saying, well, let's do a special session. We'll do a special session. Dan Hill, even they said, well, we can't afford it right now. Dan Hill raised the money for the special session for two days. Yeah. Well, and it became such an issue. Now, Gary Johnson won in 94 by 10 points. And I will tell you, that gas tax issue was one of several other issues I don't want to take anything away from Gary because Gary was a great candidate, yeah. but he, that was one of the issues because it was able, because but that it was just that it was tone deaf. And you are saddling the people with an additional six cents a gallon for people who work. I mean, you know, people but, work hard but, and, and the gas, the gas they put into their vehicles takes up a lot of their money already. Well, agreed, but this is more insidious because it's wrapped in. You have to help us save the planet, and if you don't, yes. right. then you don't care about the planet. It's which, much more insidious which the than experts it was are years saying, prior. Which the experts are all saying this is absolute rubbish. Correct. There is no way. You know, Mercedes just said, "Yeah, we ain't doing it." Oh, all the all the EV stuff is <laughs> yeah, completely collapsed. No, no there's fun. no doubt. Well, look at these. Just look at these gas prices, you guys, from these like really strong left states. Okay, I just want well, you to well, take a look at this. It's not so. So th those prices, right? So those prices are prices of of states that have passed the fuel standard, right? I mean, so look at these numbers. Yeah, you're right. Look at the number. Okay, so we got Hawaii coming in. Well, Hawaii, and again, getting gas to Hawaii is, is an issue, right? right? So that, that adds that There's adds logistical cost. problems. Agreed. Right? Okay. Not, not shocking about yeah. California coming in okay. at high second tier at, uh, what's this amount? I'm trying to read it. $4.64 a gallon currently, as of right now. Uh, you got Washington State. Coming also in. a state with a clean fuel standard. Yep. So California clean fuel standard, Washington fuel standard that's clean, and Oregon. Yep. 374 a gallon in Oregon. So, so three of the top five are the ones we're emulating. Yeah. It, with a population, by the way, that has nowhere near the income levels of Oregon, Washington, and California. I mean, That's what a is very the, good point. Didn't we, I mean, I, we, I know we researched this. The average family in New Mexico makes $20,000 a year? No, the average person makes $30,000 $30, a year. $30,000 a year. And you're stretching that with your... 30% higher groceries right now, high uh, utility bills. Most numbers now are at most people across the state are now paying $1,000 a month to live at the same standard they did two years ago. And yes. so how does go. the legislature that says, I have your best interest and in, I'm going to go vote in favor of a 50 cent tax per gallon gas or 50 cents total on each gas that you fill out. You know, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you think. No, they, they, then that's the point, right? I mean, the same thing. They don't address crime. They're going to stack more money on top of your family budget because they have zero interest in representing the people they care about. They are there for politics and they are purely there for an ideology. And when you right. follow ideology over over low income and middle income families, this is what you get. So I just I'm sorry, one really fast. Yeah. This is kind of a random sidebar, but I was just listening to a sermon um, by Skip over at uh, Calvary mm -hmm. of Albuquerque. And he's, yeah. he was speaking on Kings the, in the book of Kings. And he's talking about. How it's like the famous quote, if you don't pay attention to history, you're bound to repeat it. Mm -hmm. And how leaders are hoping that you're not paying attention to history because what they want to do is tell you something. They're hoping that they play on your ignorance as a voter. OK, play on your ignorance on that, that you're not been paying attention to what happened maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago or even five years ago. And that what that's what that article in today's paper reminds me of. When I saw that after hearing that sermon, I'm like, here we have the state group of people who are supposed to be representing us as leaders. They're telling us, telling everybody, we're doing a great thing for you. Look at what we've done for you. We're really lowering crime here and we're protecting these people. Meanwhile, they're passing a gas tax and they're trying to pass all kinds of crazy taxes on us. And I just think that is exactly what's happening if we don't get people to pay attention in this state, whether I know they're busy, I know they have a lot on their plate, yeah. but if we don't start paying attention as a whole on who is doing this to us and making an impact at the polls, nothing is going right. to change. We're going to keep repeating well, history. And the other part about it, all these dates that they've come up with, they're just, they're absolutely arbitrary. Yeah. We are going to have... 60% less by 19. Yeah. Where did you come up with that? Yeah. And, and the no, none of the numbers pencil, right? Yeah. And, and that's so that's what's interesting about this, too. And my argument, Christy, is that it, it's not about, and, and Darren, you said the same thing about, look, the party, the political party, the Republican Party has to be better at this. I, 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 not anymore. If I, when I go to talk to people, what I tell them is, look, if you want to make a difference, you get your industry and get in the game. Get in the game. Yeah. You know, so if exactly. you're in the energy industry, get in the game. 
Because if you think this is going to stop and you think the Mimi Stewarts of the world are going to stop and suddenly realize how how great energy is for New Mexico, no, they're not. I just, you know, you look back at Mark, when I talked about it, Barack Obama in 2011, when, they, when he came out uh, with his energy proposal, it, it was it was reasonable. It was. It talked about nuclear. It talked about natural gas. Yep. It talked about wind. It talked about solar. It was a comprehensive approach, uh, which would be gradual and most importantly, driven by the public sector, right. not the private sector. I just have a, a one bit of advice for anybody uh, in New Mexico: if you want to be in the in the be an entrepreneur and get in business, go over to Texaco. And open up a little car dealership. Yeah. Because in the next few years, you're going to have a lot of New Mexico, New Mexicans going out of state to get their vehicles. And there's a great example. Car dealers in New Mexico better wake up and get in the game and yeah. stop trying to play the footsies with, with yeah. people who want to drive you out of business. Yep. Because that's yeah, where make, you are. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, really, it, you know, it, I agree. It makes no I agree sense with you. To me. It, so we talk about energy. So Warren Buffett comes out last week. Starts, you know, it basically has a yearly breakdown of the the billions of dollars that that, that they're making at Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, we all have that problem, right? But he is, but he is obviously a super interesting guy. And and there was one quick quote. First of all, there were some takeaways from from what he said uh, in his annual letter, and and we're not going to get into all of those. But I do want to get into one piece of a quote that he said, and this is very, very important. He says, when the dust settles, America's power needs and the consequent capital expenditure will be staggering. Yep. Okay, so what is he saying? He's saying basically in the next 15 years, energy is king. Whoever produces the most of it, whoever's at the leading edge of it, they will run the world. Like that's you can talk about all the other stuff you want. You can talk about military, and we've got to have a strong military. There's no doubt. You can talk about China and the threat that they have, or or, or a fading Russia, or whatever you want to talk about. But the fact of the matter is, whoever produces the most energy is going to run the world. So clearly, our oil and gas industry is the best in the world. It, it is now leading the world. What else can we do? We've got to add nuclear to that. We have to add a bunch of other things because of one quick thing: AI. The power it takes to run artificial intelligence is off the charts. So as you're starting to see more and more AI come rolling in here, that takes more power. That's some of what he's talking about. If we are not the energy country, you can forget it. I mean, that's what it's going to be about. I think this is a time that people need to really wake up and start paying attention to who's going to be doing what, who's saying what. And our oil and gas producers will be some of his largest contributions. Uh, I know, which is crazy. But. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, he's a true believer on, oh, no, on, he, the, no, on he, the green absolutely. agenda. I, I tell you what, I, I think most oil and gas producers understand that that they are, they're the white knights in this situation. They really are. Because if, if Martin Heinrich got what he wanted, can you imagine what it would take to just live in the state of New Mexico? But you know what it is, Mark? I, I agree that everybody thinks he's going to win. Because he's in New Mexico, I, I don't know Nell where D Dominici stands on a lot of issues. I'm I'm interested in hearing where she where she's at. Uh, obviously, she comes in with some good name ID, but the problem when I say these people that donate, they do it because yes, they completely wholeheartedly disagree with Martin Heinrich where he stands on energy, but they want a seat at the table because they think I, that if I can sit down, I can at least rationalize with him and he'll give us a little. So they'll give, oh, they'll I, donate. That, that approach is a terrible approach for energy, but it has happened a lot. I agree. Yep. Definitely happened on the state level. Yep. There's no doubt. Now, the U.S. Senate level, we'll have to see. Abe, I'm going to switch up the rundown. Go to go to clip 21, because this gets to your point about potentially Nella Domenici and Martin Heinrich. I'm going to show you a graph. And Abe, I'm going to need you to kind of zero in on it a little bit. It, it, it's something that if you're not watching, I'll try to explain it to you. But this is a graph that shows how often you get a split ticket. Okay, so in other words, U.S. Senate, and this is a U.S. Senate president, okay? Yep. It's how often do you vote for a Democrat for either the U.S. Senate or president or vice versa, right? So Ava, just go into like a 1980, go up to 1980 for a second. And so what you see is in all these various states, for the Senate, for example, in 1980, uh, Georgia went red with uh, with the U.S. Senate candidate, and then they voted for uh, Jimmy Carter because Jimmy Carter was obviously from Georgia, right? And then you see the flip in Ma Maryland, same thing. They voted but, for but, Jimmy Carter. But 80, 80s Reagan. Right, correct. And uh, so for president, uh, they voted for uh, for Carter in Maryland and Georgia. That's why it's blue. I got okay? you. Okay. So underneath them, Senate voted uh, Georgia 
uh, for Republicans. So in other words, it's a difference, right? The split between you're going to vote for a Republican for either senator or president, and then you flip it, right? Okay. And so in 1980, you see all these states. California voted for Reagan, and then they voted for a Democratic senator. Colorado voted for Reagan, Democratic senator. All right, so Reagan cleans everybody's clock in 80 and 84 in most cases. But you see the ticket splitting, right? That's what this is. Wow. This is ticket splitting. See how much ticket splitting there is? Yeah. There's a ton of it, a ton of states. And by the way, New Mexico is part of this too. Go on down, Abe, at 84 now. So we're going to go to 1984. Look how much ticket splitting there was. Basically, for president, you had a ton of states all voted. Everybody in 84 voted for Reagan, right? Other than Minnesota. It's the only state in the country, right? Uh, that Walter did. Mondale. Right, his home state. But notice how much ticket splitting there is. I'm going to vote for Reagan, but then I'm going to vote for a Democrat in Georgia, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, whatever. So you Fascinating. Keep, it's mm-hmm. fascinating, right? Oh, I know. 1988. George H.W. Bush, right? He's elected. New Mexico votes for George H.W. Bush and votes for a Democratic senator. Bingaman. Okay, Bingaman. So start sliding up the list, David. Watch what happens here. What happened in 2016? It all ended. Yep. Zero. There's not a single ticket splitter between Senate and president, meaning every state who voted for, say, Hillary Clinton voted for a Democratic senator. Every state that voted for Donald Trump voted for a Republican senator. Same thing in 2020, with the exception of Maine and Susan Collins, who had her own brand. So for people who wonder why it's so hard for a Democrat right now to, to lose or for a Republican to win in New Mexico, because when, when Donald Trump came in, ticket splitting stopped. It completely stopped. So that makes Nella Domenici's hill hard to climb. Because of where we are. Yes. It doesn't mean she can't do it. it, it I, you don't know the circumstances, but that's part of what makes things tricky here and part of what makes Heinrich tough. It isn't that Heinrich is a great representative for the state of New Mexico. Just people and, and vote on the does. ticket. Right now. And they look at the ticket. Ticket splitting is dead. And that is a huge deal. And it's really bad for the country because you and want it to depend the on the ar- candidate. argument, Mark, that people and, and I think Nikki Haley is making this statement. Uh, she's saying it over and over and over again. There are a lot of states that will never go for Trump. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it, 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 you know, she's saying I could win. I could beat Biden by over 10 points. Right. If I can win by over 10 points, that means the down ballot races are going to benefit. And she's right. That's absolutely right. That's the way it works. Right. And so it's going to make it tough. I, you know, I, I don't think Trump is going to be, you know, even though he came out and said that I think New Mexico is in play. Okay. You can say anything you want. Right. Right. Uh, but no. I don't think it is. But what's not in play is the Republican nomination anymore. Here are the results from last from night. last night and Donald Trump wins by 20 points in South Carolina. Now you look at those numbers and you say, well, only 20 points that Nikki Haley, pretty dang good showing. It's her state. Obviously she was a good governor there, did a really good job. And, but there are a lot of people now that are writing her obit. Uh, basically Politico came out today with uh, this headline. Haley isn't dropping out, but the end may be near. So I want to go over a couple of things with you guys. So yes, Haley loses by 20 points was actually a, a decent showing, but here's the thing about what she did. And Ava, this is uh, clip number 14. Haley outspent Trump 10 to one in South Carolina. She spent a yeah. ton of money. Okay. And and so there's her spending versus Donald Trump's Trump spent about a million dollars in South Carolina. Nikki spent over 10 million. Cause he didn't have to, he didn't have to, mm-hmm. that's a, it's a fair point. And she needed to make, make that statement. Mark, did I see this morning in the exit polls that 70% of Haley's voters would never vote for Donald Trump or was it 50? I think it was half, but okay. either way, that's so it bad. does. Okay. So, so the question is what's Nikki up to, oh. right? And so, so you say, okay, she's going to keep going to super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. She, she's clearly not going to win there. We, the, the race is over. So what is she doing? Well, there's someone who has an answer who was in the Bush administration. It was Ari Fleischer. And there was a headline today in Newsweek. And, and here was the headline that came from Newsweek here. It said, Nikki Haley, she could launch a third party's or third party bid, no labels run. GOP consultant predicts that GOP consultant is Ari Fleischer. 
Well, and I think what's interesting about that situation is, and you and I have talked about this a lot, like, could can independents actually, do they have a fighting chance, right? If she goes onto an independent ticket, does she have a fighting chance? Usually the answer is no way, right? right? Because you have more people funding the Republican Party, more people funding the Democratic Party um, than an independent party, okay? But right. now, I think this new thing that we, we can see here is 43% of the country are now independent voters, that stands out to me because we have 27% registered Republicans and 27% Democrat. I think that's the same in New Mexico now, too. So right, you have right, a absolutely. very And you can see why. Because you talk about the extremes yeah. pushing people, so right? He, you know, she goes to the other ticket. She she takes the third party place kind of ticket and, and make, well, takes no, a long so what, he, what he says is I've been a, around a lot of these candidate speeches. I've written a few. That was a no label speech tonight by Nikki Haley. This meaning the South Carolina mm-hmm. Um, concession speech. That was a speech when she says, no matter what I am running, when she trashes Joe Biden and trashes Donald Trump, she's setting herself up to run down the middle. I'll tell you, and this reminds me a little bit of going back to George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton. There is no President Bill Clinton without Ross Perot. Perot. Without Ross Perot, George H.W. Bush wins. If, If Nikki Haley really wants to hurt Donald Trump, she runs as a no labels candidate, and that would make things very difficult because there would be quite a bit of a dissatisfied Republican Party that may go with her. June of 1992, Ross Perot shocks the world by leading in several well-respected polls. And then, of course, remember, he dropped out because he said that his family was being threatened or whatever, and he jumped back. He, he did get back in, yeah. and he did— there's a lot of debate about who it affected the most. I think it did George H.W. Bush. Yeah. Um, but third-party candidates don't win. And I don't think as divided as we are, and though I, I know the independents are there, I just don't see it. And, and I think she would hurt. I think if she gets in, she will pull votes away from Donald Trump. I think she hurts I, Trump. I, and so if she does it, it's her saying, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep Donald Trump. And then you'll probably find that uh, Liz Cheney is behind that because Manchin just came out and said he's not, he's doing, not doing he's it. He's not doing well, it. Well, she'd be the lead. She would be the top of the ticket. That could be what she's up to. If it is, that is a big, big deal. So Yeah, because it gives Republicans who don't want to vote for Donald Trump an opportunity to vote for somebody. And it may well give Democrats who realize that Joe Biden is deeply compromised – a yeah. place to go as well. Yeah. So it could be an interesting bout. I, we'll just have to so wait. So can she even go to the, like, can she even be an option at the convention if she's going to move over to no No, label? she'd be well gone before that. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, All right. absolutely. But she wouldn't be affected by any of the sore loser, any of the sore loser provisions? I don't think so in this particular, I don't know. Because yeah. I don't think they'd even be talking about it if she was, but I don't yeah. know. That's a really good question. I don't know federally how big can a deal Can you see Biden? Hey, oh. hey, Nikki. Oh, <laughs> it's Joe. I mean, <laughs> will, will you do me a biggie? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love you. I love you. I'll pat you on the head. Uh, will you please run? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, but that's the whole thing, right? Because those other candidates, Cornell West and and yeah. RFK Jr., they're hurting Biden more than than anybody else. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Can we can we wrap up by yeah. talking about this whole Russia thing? Okay. Yes. Because <laughs> with with the death of Alex Navalny. Yep. This past week. Yep. Alexei Navalny. Yep. Um, which is just. Awful. If you follow that story whatsoever, Mark and I decided uh, in light of that, we wanted to watch the documentary on him on Netflix. Okay. So we watched this past uh, last night on it. And if you have not watched this documentary and for any reason, you are still thinking that you're on some side of Russia on this issue. I just don't understand what's happening with that situation because here you have a guy, you know, and you've explained it to me. There's no way this guy was ever going to be able to run a real election against Putin, right? That just doesn't exist. But he was trying to be the voice for freedom in that country. And he's gone through the ringer. Literally, he was poisoned. He, it is crazy the things that that guy went through to try to fight for the sake of freedom. Right. And this, so this documentary, it won an Oscar this past year. Uh, We had not watched it until. Have you seen it? I have not, but I, oh. but since I've also said the same thing, I'm yeah. going to no, check you it should. out. You, you have to watch it. It, it. Was... it runs like a, it runs like a thriller. It really does. Yeah. I mean, and he, it really shows his gumption and his goal and in, in trying to take down Putin who just kills people or is just this bully that is just trying to take over over there or has been taken over over there. Yeah. Anyway, so here's a, a little clip of it um, from their trailer. 
We want you to think about it. If you are killed, if this does happen, what message do you leave behind to the Russian people? Okay, so that's how the thing starts with if you're killed, what message do you leave to the Russian people? Mm -hmm. Then they go through this incredibly compelling hour and a half where they actually catch Putin trying to kill Navalny mm -hmm. and they get someone admitting it. I mean, this is something the CNN was a big part of. And and in this, it was amazing the man's a to watch. Yeah, yeah he, it, really, it, he really, for he really, absolutely. These and it, it is just and Putin amazing. is just a dirtbag. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how yeah. anybody defends no. that guy in any way, shape or form. And I don't know. I just, yeah. he's a scary individual as a leader. Oh, there's, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He is. And it, it, this, the story is incredibly compelling. He's a compelling guy, but then the way they lay it out and then him going back to Russia and basically the Where second he, knew. he, well, yeah, he had to. Yeah, he I don't know. To. We kind of talked about that last night. Like, why would he go back? You know, you're poisoned. You barely survive. His wife breaks him out of this hospital in Siberia. They weren't going to let him go because, of course, they wanted him to die. And she fights tooth and nail. She finally gets him out of there. She rehabs him in Germany for five months. And then he opts to go back because, you know, he was he was part of this opposition to Putin. And he was so compelled to do it. Now what's impressive to me, also scary, is she has taken over the opposition yeah. in his name. So and, it goes back to that whole thing about fighting for a cause greater than oneself. Yeah. yeah. And because you, he had to know. He had oh, to know. Yeah. Well, he didn't even get out of the airport. No. I, right? I, I mean, it's just like he got no, to the airport. Just, you're going you, with us, and it's over. So it goes back to that whole, remember, the the, the, the Middle East uprising, the spring uprising. I yeah, think they Arab Spring. It. Yeah. Arab Spring. Yeah. I, I think there was part of him that thought, you know, if I if I could get this to catch fire right. and, and then that causes a brush fire, then maybe there is that possibility. There's that hope. Because when you – I imagine when you live in a country like Russia – that's all you have is hope. Yeah. I mean, I get look, there's a lot of people that are, I guess they like the way they live, but there's a lot that don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, go, guy's a hero. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it would, it, it was so weird to watch like the Tucker Carlson stuff where he went in there and talked to him and then he goes to a grocery store and, and lauds the, the, the grocery store in Russia and how great it is. You're like, do you have any idea? And then literally less than a week later, Navalny's dead. And, and, and you look at it and go, this is what Russia is, you know, yeah. and, and it's especially under Putin. And it was Talk, Carlson is just clicks. That's it now. I, I, it's just, all I about mean, clicks. Yeah. And it's because we've all known this guy for years. He's somebody that we looked up to. He we felt he was one of the leading conservative voices. And what I've seen over the last seven, eight years, it's just not. Well, especially in this. And I, I don't follow him. I don't yeah. read him. I don't because I just disagree with him. Well, yeah. And there's some stuff. I, he's definitely more of an isolationist than I am. There's oh, much, no doubt yeah. about that. Holy cow. Well, so, and it's just, okay. it's heartbreaking. Like in the last scene or one of the last scenes of this movie, you know, they're taking him from the airport and he's kissing his wife, you know, at the time. And she's like, I'll be there. I'll be there, you know, because he's obviously going to go to court and everything like that. But you really kind of, I'm, I know that she saw him again, but really, that was really her last moments with him. Heartbreaking. Um, and it's just, I just can't believe in this day and age that this is, we have leaders in this global world that are this dangerous and this dark. Well, and it's it's this, it, it's this brazen. That's the thing about him. And yeah. real quick, let me just say this. Um, you know, it's the word, the anniversary, obviously, of, of Putin's war um, and having spent time in Ukraine. Uh, and my friends are going back there right now. Uh, it, it, please understand when people say to you, that Putin is not going to be satisfied with just taking over Ukraine. When I spent a lot of time in Poland, both times I was there, and they're they're so afraid. They tell you, please, please do everything you can. He's not going to stop in Ukraine. He's coming to Poland. And this is kind of the mentality. You see that uh, is what I think. And just, Chrissy, you just said it. This man is a butcher he's an evil murderous dictator that needs to be put down like a rabid dog and um we need to start it by helping ukraine yeah yeah and it, yeah no and that thought process that you can put your head in the sand in this country and and now you don't need to be involved everywhere i get that there there you is don't. there is there are lines that need to be looked at but when you look at ukraine you look at israel you look at some of these issues that look you can't ignore them because they come to us as we found out and we'll find out again i think yeah, that's a real concern as well. One other last thing on this, just the one port compelling part of this thing. As he's on the plane, he's been poisoned. 
right? He's been poisoned. He starts doubling over. You can hear him. You, like you screaming. actually hear, he's hear like him yelling. Screaming. So the only reason he survived is because they, they made an emergency landing and got him to a hospital. The plan from Putin was don't land the plane, keep the plane going. They didn't do that. They landed it. He ended up, that ended up saving his life. So I'm sure those pilots wild. today are dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he, I mean, kills, right. he does. He kills everybody. Like yeah. even the people yeah. they interview in this movie, they're dead. We looked yeah. them up. They've all been, or they're, uh, they're missing. They're missing. They're yeah. missing. Yeah. So it anyway. fell out of the 12 story accidentally. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it's like Pergosian, you know, yeah. flying around. Boom. There goes that. It's, like, I mean, it's yes. like the born identity movies. Yeah. I mean, it's just oh, so freaky. Anyway. Awful. All right. So. Well, well, we promised to bring you more uplifting things. Yeah, on sorry, we had to end with that one. <laughs> so thanks, Darren. Yeah, yeah great no, no, to go, Darren. No, I'm the one that brought in the documentary because I always want people to kind of see uh, other things that are yeah, going on no, in the world. So absolutely. Anyway, all right. Well, all thanks right. for joining us, you guys. Thanks, Darren. Thank you. Okay, Appreciate we'll see you back here on Thursday. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It Podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It Podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.